KRVN Midday is kicking off straight up 1130. And we now join our valued friends and colleagues in the suburbs of Grand Island. That is the Husker Harvest Days campus. Hello, farm team. Hello. Wow, that was that was on pitch and on cue. You guys should try out for Pitch Perfect, you know, the fourth sequel coming out. Yeah, we could. It would be quite interesting to see how we do. It would Nobody be. wants to hear that. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear you sing, though? We could be utterly exciting. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's a cow joke there. Yeah. yeah. You better beef up your comedy if you're going to be around here for any time soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back with something. I'll yeah, be nice. we appreciate that. So what are we talking about today? My guess is more Husker Harvest Days. Well, yeah, a little bit of this and that. Coming up here at 1213, uh, Terry Henney joins us uh, with the Nebraska lead as we talk about they're getting ready to accept applications for group number 40. And I talked to two people that were in group one today passing by at Husker Harvest Day. So exciting times for them. They are here doing some recruitment. Then at 1219... It is uh, Kelly from the Nebraska Corn Board. Brunkhorse is going to be there talking with Clay, I think, on that one. And then? 12.45, we're back with Corn Action. It's Dan with the uh, NCGA. He's the NCDA president. And at 1.17, we're going to flip it over to the soybeans. I'm chatting with Daryl Obermeyer. He is the soybean treasurer. Uh, talking about all of the different things you know, when people think about soybeans, it's not, it goes a long ways. We're talking chickens, we're talking fish, we're talking biodiesel, it goes a long ways. And so he's going to update us on a lot of that. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up here during today's midday. That sounds like a lot of fun. We'll be right back with Clay Patton talking with Mike Zuzalo here. Before we know it, ladies, stand by and uh, we'll be back with you here sometime soon. Jason Jorgensen now steps in, or I guess sits down, and uh, big news out of UNK and their athletic program and a new new class in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, 2019 Hall of Fame members, four student athletes, and a coach will be inducted. Of course, that's during homecoming weekend, October 4th and the 5th. Coming up in sports, we will let you know who is going into the Hall of Fame. Also, been a good month for Kansas State. They won a couple football games, and also they had a big announcement recently that more than $100 million in facility upgrades are heading their way. they got a new volleyball arena in the works, indoor football facility, and an Olympic training center. Uh, we'll see how the Wildcats do this weekend. Tough road trip down to the SEC land of battle, Mississippi State. That will be the first true test of the of the Chris Kleiman era. They've had two easy games, won them both handily. How can they attest not only on the road but at Mississippi State? Yeah, they struggled with those guys last year in Manhattan. Also in baseball news, no surprise here, the Dodgers, they're the first major league team to wrap up a postseason berth. Of course, they led their division last like 21 games. Uh, they've kind of ruled things out west. And a uh, big hit for the Brewers. They lose reigning NL MVP Christian Yelich, who broke his right kneecap on a foul ball last night. Look at that. Action. If you saw the video, <laughs> all you could do was cringe. Yep. Bob Brogan's stocks were up early today. How are they doing lately? They are moving higher today. And uh, investors are snapping up some tech property following China's move to exempt some U.S. products from a recent round of tariffs. Meanwhile, under some pressure from the federal government, GM is recalling more than uh, 3.4 million trucks and SUVs to fix a brake problem. U.S. wholesale prices edged up a slight one-tenth percent in August. Those are some of the stories making headlines. All of that and more coming up on KRVN's Midday, back to Husker Harvest Days. 
Time for a check of your regional ag weather. We join. We are joined by Paul Perkins. And Paul, in my last weather watch, I made note of the fact that right now McCook is at 82 degrees. Sydney was at 61. That looks like it's all of 62 degrees. A 20-degree difference, really no further apart than McCook and Sydney are. Ogallala right in the middle, temperature-wise also at 73, so we can definitely tell where that cold front is. Definitely. It's uh, 59 right now to the south of Scotts Bluff in Gearing. So, it, yeah, definitely some cooler air will be felt for us for tomorrow. But ahead of that front, many of us are getting some warm and muggy conditions today, including at Husker Harvest Days. Speaking of which, I wonder how many people at Husker Harvest Days are looking to the west and waving their arms on as if, come on, cool weather, come on, cool weather. Exactly. Let's bring that on. It's going to be a much different day out there at the Grand Island suburbs of Husker Harvest Days. But in the meantime, what can people expect around the area with ag weather? Some warm and muggy conditions continuing for another day across the area. We do have some isolated thunderstorms right now just uh, from east of Aurora to about the York area, starting to move in towards the York area. Otherwise, those temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s across the region. Also, those dew points starting to climb. Those dew points currently in the mid to upper 60s, including right at 69 in the Grand Ellen and Husker Harvest Days area, 79 on the temperature. Otherwise, those temperatures much cooler, as Brandon mentioned, on into the 60s in the Nebraska Panhandle, 59 at Shadron and also at Gearing. And we also have some cooler temperatures in north central Nebraska, 69 at Ainsworth. Some heavy rains across north central areas of Nebraska last night. Southeast of Bassett, they had. Uh, seven and a quarter inches of rain. That was wow. 22 miles to the southeast of Bassett and many locations across north central Nebraska reporting about four to upwards of five inches of rain. And that was pretty widespread on those rainfall totals. That's dangerous because that's what we got here in this area back, back in early July. And that's what caused all that flooding. Exactly. So, and the, fair amount of flat ground also in those areas so uh, probably some standing water for sure we are just in of that cold front today that warm and muggy weather will continue with highs into the upper 80s to low 90s ahead of that front thunderstorms likely tonight into tomorrow morning with the passage of the cold front some storms could be severe storm prediction center with a slight risk of severe storms across much of the area especially if you're along and northwest of a line from west point to grand allen carney and mccook there's a higher enhanced risk of severe storms, and they have expanded this. This is now from about Thedford down to North Platte and Imperial and points to the west. Thedford, North Platte, and Imperial, you're in enhanced risk of severe storms. Earlier, that was just North Platte to Imperial. Uh, Thedford, but now that's a little bit further south into the Imperial area on into northeastern Colorado. You can see we do ha will have that latest uh, map on our KRVM Facebook page as far as the latest severe threat goes. Quarter size hail and wind gusts to 60 possible with the strongest of the storms. That enhanced risk across western and west central Nebraska today thanks to them being uh, where that front will be arriving during the peak heating of the day. Severe storms expected to develop across western Nebraska this afternoon. They'll merge into a line along that cold front, then track southeast this evening into the overnight. Behind the front, tomorrow and Friday, cooler and less humid. If you're looking for a cooler day to go to Husker Harvest Days tomorrow, the day, the weekend, and next week, mainly dry and warmer than normal with the bridge of high pressure building towards the plains. In our long-term forecast... And some good news for finishing up the crops. Warmer-than-normal temperatures remain likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central and eastern U.S. Monday through September 24th. For reference, during that time in central Nebraska, our daytime highs are usually in the mid to upper 70s with average overnight lows. Get this, upper 40s to low 50s by the mid to late part of September. Actually, 
these temperatures we had this morning uh, quite a bit warmer than normal because usually we're into low 50s for average overnight lows. That's why you usually like September weather because you can start turning off that air conditioning. Slightly above normal rainfall is likely from Monday through the 24th for Nebraska, Kansas, and the growing areas of the Plains and Midwest. Weather factors driving the markets include a no risk of a hard freeze in the extended outlook and heavy rain in the northern plains and prairies. Heavy rain will gradually push to the east across the northern U.S. and reach the lower Great Lakes by Friday. Additional rain totals of 1 to 3 inches expected across the north-central U.S. Occasional showers will develop during the second half of this week in the southern plains. By the end of the week, summer-like warmth will cover much of the country for the Midwest, northern plains, and Canadian prairies. No damaging cold indicated for at least the next 10 days. That is good news since only 11% of the U.S. corn crop is fully mature. That's the slowest pace since 2013 when only 9% was fully mature. Heavy rains through north and northwest central areas of the Midwest may mean some local flooding of fields and delay the spring wheat harvest in the northern plains. The spring wheat harvest right now 71% complete. Cool wet weather this week in the Canadian prairies, somewhat unfavorable for maturing crops and early harvest. Crop development also will be slowed down due to low temperatures the next few days, but it should be somewhat warmer after that. That sounds like all kinds of information. And, Paul, where can people go for even more, including where to find the latest update on the enhanced and slight risk of severe weather? You can check our KRVN Facebook page, krvn.com. Your 119 featured interview brought to you by Southwest Public Power, South Central Public Power, McCook Public Power, and Twin Valleys Public Power Districts. From inside Rural Radio Networks, Husker Harvest Day's booth right off Main Street, I'm Clay Patton. We're discussing some important topics today, and on top of the list, we are joined with Executive Director of Policy for Nebraska Corn Growers Association, Kelly Brunkhorst. And Kelly, thanks so much for being able to join us. I think there's some really key questions keying off of right now that corn farmers, Nebraska farmers in general, are curious about. The first one I go to is President Trump on ethanol. I was really hoping we would have an announcement to talk about today, but it sounds like maybe a meeting's going to take place. Yes, yeah, the last we heard is there was a meeting between the president and uh, some representatives of the ethanol and biodiesel industries, and so hopefully that is the meeting where we uh, start to kind of craft and put together uh, our response to the 31 exemptions that took place uh, here recently. Is there a thought of the economic impact those 30-plus waivers have had on the farmer? Not only to the farmer, but just to rural communities. Uh, as we talk about 1.4 billion gallons that was exempted, if you would just essentially wipe that off of the the, the uh, demand side of things, that's about 500 million bushels. And so you start saying that there's not a demand for 500 million bushels. Farmers aren't selling that. They aren't spending that money in rural communities. Maybe that ethanol plant is struggling like we're starting to see across the countryside. And they're not spending money in the rural communities. Uh, so it's really a snowball effect, and the concern really is... How do these small communities uh, survive? How do farmers survive if this continues to uh, continue to happen on an annual basis? You know, and that's the great thing, though, about having our commodity associations like the Nebraska Corn Growers Association is the fact that you guys are trying to help support your working on those lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C., at the state capitol. So talk to us about some of those efforts that are centering around the renewable fuel standards and, and how Nebraska corn plays a role in that. We're the grassroots part of this. We're members strong, and so we are really advocating for our members to let their voice be heard. Now is an opportunity to do a number of things. One of them is, as we talk about Hesker Harvest Days, where we're at today, uh, stop by our booth. We've got a big banner that we're uh, talking about not only trade, 
for specifically this issue on small refinery exemptions. Having people sign this banner, we're going to send it out to Washington, D.C., and then have them, have them deliver it to the White House. So that's one more opportunity. There's also a call to actions that we take on an annual basis. Right now, we're in the ones where, again, we're challenging producers through their frustration and, and through their anger of these small refinery exemptions. Let your voice be heard. Contact your congressional delegation. Let our leadership know the concerns that you have as these exemptions continue to be granted. You know, in the rural radio building, we have our monogram, Money Wheel, and we spend initials every hour. That's the next topic I want to go to because it's the initials on on farmers' minds for sure when it comes to trade. That's USMCA. Kelly, where do you think we're at right now in trying to get that through Congress? Well, they're just coming back from recess, and I think what we're picking up is a, a number of congressional members clear across the Corn Belt. We're hearing from farmers and others that we need USMCA done now. And now that they're just coming back off a of recess, Hopefully a lot of the background work got done with staff uh, during this August time frame. And as they come back, now we get into September, early part of October, and, and requesting the vote to happen right away. NAFTA's gone. Now we're moving to USMCA. But before that form is formalized, incentives of having that trade deal are not in place yet. So what are the impacts to the farmer because we don't have a past USMCA? What we hear, and this is directly coming from our buyers down in Mexico, is uncertainty. The uncertainty of whether we're going to withdraw from NAFTA and the president's threats on that uh, going back to his early days of his presidency to where we're at now and whether we're going to truly get USMCA passed has created a lot of uncertainty. And so they've looked at other markets. And so those, that's demand that we've lost because they're looking at Brazil, South America production as opportunities to purchase corn versus from the United States, from Nebraska corn farmers, etc. And so it's concerning that... Again, Executive Director for Policy with the Nebraska Corn Growers Association, it's Kelly Brunkhorst, joining us here at the Rural Radio Network's building, Husker Harvest Days, right off Main Street. We hope to see you. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for one more check of Midday Sports, welcoming in Jason Jorgensen and... uh Pretty good information coming out of UNK right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Four former student athletes and a coach will be inducted into the UNK Athletic Hall of Fame during ceremonies on homecoming week this October 4th and 5th. Hall of Fame members are baseball player Neil Arnold, athlete Leslie Crutcher-Hewlett, also wrestler Travel Delognev, football player Roger Solter, and women's track and cross-country coach Mary Eiton. Well, the Athletic Hall of Fame banquet, of course, begins at 5.30 on Friday, October 4th in the Ponderosa Room and with the social hour and the dinner that will follow. Then the class will be inducted into the UNK Athletic Hall of Fame that Saturday and will be honored at halftime of the football game. Speaking of UNK, three players had seven kills apiece to help the eighth-ranked Lopers sweep York College last night at the Health and Sports Center. Gotheberg sophomore outside hitter Gracie Steinick, he had seven kills and hit a match-best 483 UNK will host the Rosella Meyer Fall Classic. That is set for this weekend. Things are going well for Kansas State. They're riding a wave of momentum, beginning with its hot start and a new football coach, Chris Kleiman. The school also announced more than $100 million in facility upgrades and includes a new volleyball arena, indoor football facility, and Olympic Training Center. Did you catch this last night? The Brewers' playoff hopes were dealt a very big blow. Reigning National League MVP Christian Yelich broke his right kneecap on a foul ball during Milwaukee's win over the Marlins. He did it while hitting the first inning. Uh, Brandon, he was having a year. He was. 329, 44 homers, 97 RBIs, and 30 stolen bases. I had somebody 
a friend of mine that I tweet back and forth with on a fairly regular basis. She tweeted that she would donate her kneecap to Christian to help him get feeling bad because I, I've heard of people doing that before, and it's just an injury. It just plagues you forever yeah, to get over. That's too bad for a guy in the prime of his uh, career. Yeah. Dodgers are the first major league team to wrap up a postseason berth. They capture their seventh consecutive NL West title with a 7-3 win at Baltimore. Of course, they've owned the division this year. They led by 21 games back on August 24th. And big league hitters are poised to set the single-season home run record following another day with lots of long balls. The mark of 6,105 homers was set in 2017. There have been 6,084 so far this year. There were 57 more wow. home runs hit yesterday in the major leagues. I don't know if that's great hitting or poor pitching. I think a little <laughs> bit of both. Yeah, and who knows what they're doing with the baseballs against that's exactly them. right. That is a check of sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Time for one more check of your midday news. This time, welcoming Tyler Cavalli into the AEM control room. Hello, Brandon. This is your bird dog day for you, huh? (laughs) It is busy. There's havoc not only here in Nebraska, but, boy, I don't know if you saw that that tornado that ripped through Sioux Falls yesterday. And uh, I still don't know if the extent of injuries, it doesn't sound like there was any deaths. I don't, we have not seen any reports on that, but, boy, that's not good stuff, especially at night. And it sounds like the worst part about it, the tornado sirens never sounded. Right. Yeah, it was interesting. The uh, top of the news, Fox, uh, top of the hour, Fox News here at noon was talking about the advanced auto parts store that looked like it was imploded. And then maybe 30 seconds later on Fox News Channel, mm-hmm. they were showing pictures of that. Yeah. And it, they weren't lying in their description on the radio. It looked like a bomb hit that advanced auto parts store. It, it did. And then also, a, I believe there was a, a senior center or mm-hmm. uh, one of those that, that also got damaged pretty heavily. So. Again, and it's not good when your when your tornado siren doesn't go off. Right, I mean, they're they're lucky. Something bad, really bad, didn't happen. Absolutely. So. Here's Tyler with the latest news. Well, as we mentioned, that tornado ripped through southeast South Dakota late last night. Emergency responders were traveling to help with any preliminary damage and injuries. Meanwhile, Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhaken with a message to local residents: Please only call nine one one for emergencies. Those lights be flashing there are all, we have so many calls on hold, we can't get to them all. Uh, I know some of them are not emergent. So only call Metro 911 in case of emergencies. We will get to you as soon as we can. Now at least 37 structures collapsed or have structural integrity issues because of tornadic activity and winds greater than 100 miles per hour. Authorities have released the name of a Fairbury man who was killed when his sport utility vehicle collided with a truck hauling bricks in southeast Nebraska. Now, the crash occurred just after 5.30 p.m. Monday on Highway 136, about two miles east of Fairbury. Witnesses reported that the eastbound SUV swerved into oncoming traffic and struck the truck, which was hauling several pallets of bricks on a, on a trailer. Jefferson County Sheriff Nell Sorensen identified the SUV driver today as Alexander Jobert. The truck driver was identified as 56-year-old Wisconsin resident Marcus Ward. He was treated for minor scrapes and bruises. And the Nebraska Capitol will close the, to the public on Saturday to make for work on the building's water system. The Nebraska Capitol Commission says the building will remain closed all day, but will reopen for public tours on Sunday at 1 p.m. The work is part of a project to replace the Capitol's outdated heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. Crews will drain all water from the Capitol to allow the installation of shutoff valves in the building's water system.
That is your latest news update. I'm Tyler Cavalli. And for more, visit our website at krvn.com. Coming to you from the Rural Radio Network building here at Husker Harvest Days, I'm Clay Patton, and we're talking corn today, and we start off here with the Nebraska Corn Growers Association President, Dan Neerid. And Dan, you're near the Dorchester area. I think the best way to start off with, because this is the one that everybody's curious, what does the corn look like? What do the crops look like in your area? We're very lucky. Right in our area, we're probably better than most of the state and even the surrounding states. We're still going to have a range from poor to above average, but I have to say for the weather that we've went through, we're very lucky. Nebraska Corn Growers, and being president of that, you, you really have pushed the association to make sure that it's a networking opportunity for farmers and that they're taken care of. What are some things Nebraska Corn Growers are doing, whether it may be making resources available, to help farmers that are struggling with 2019? I think the biggest thing we're just want to let people know that, you know, if you are having problems, if, if you are having um, you know, issues just coping with what's going on. There are places out there to call, hotlines to call, uh, be it the farmer. It, it not only affects the farmer, it, the wife, the whole family's involved in this, and you can see stress levels in, in all ages. And we just want to make sure that people are aware that there are resources out there, and we put that out through the our uh, on the inter- on our uh, web page and stuff. So. And also with that, let's, I guess, talk about membership for a moment because it is that networking opportunity. Talk to us about what all goes with it because it's a national membership as well. It's kind of opening the door to this, to this big corn-growing family. Right. If, if you become a member uh, of the state corn growers, there, there's usually a local, you know, you're going to be associated with. Uh, you're, you're a member of your local. You're a member of the state. When you join the state corn growers, you're automatically a member of national. Um, and it goes back to the strength in numbers. The thing that we push for for membership is what we can accomplish by our numbers. Because you got to remember, for every one of us that's back in Washington or at state fighting for issues, believe me, there are people behind that are against you or what you're fighting for. And I think that's that's a big thing that we like right now working with USMCA, the trade and tariffs, ethanol. Uh, we're working with our uh, representatives. Um, we've had uh, personally met with some. I think we're getting our point across somewhat because we've actually had uh, some of our representatives, their offices, state offices, have called and set up one-on-one with some of our um, some of our board to go over the issues. They're realizing that there's frustration out there and something needs to be done on some of these issues. A great thing that I think about Husker Harvest Days is the fact that it brings so many people together. You know, folks that you haven't seen in an entire year, that's what you get to see. So now that you've got to interact with with farmers from across the state, what do you think are some positives happening right now in farm country? Well, I think the positive you you always have to look for, and I think that's what the ag community is strong. You always look at how we can be better. You always are looking ahead. We finish this year out. We may have may be struggling, but you're looking for next year to be better. The thing I think that the positive things I want to look at is with, that we can get it accomplished is USMCA. Basically, Mexico and Canada want to work with us. They want this in place. They're ready to go. We just need to get our own legislation needs to go through uh, at Washington and get it passed, put into effect. If we can get that done, that's going to help us with other future trade agreements. Um, the other things we're working on that will be tremendous help. If we can get the trade and tariff issue overall solved, and then also it was great. It helped us immensely. You know, President Trump administration got through E15, big win for us. 
But when they issued those small uh, the refine- waivers for the refineries, that just put us backwards. We're working on that. It, there, there are mandates out there for the amount. We need just to follow those mandates. Um, those are all things we're working for. That will help us tremendously down the road if we can get these through. And, of course, we also have the Japan trade agreement coming up. They said they're going to come in and buy. Do you hope to see some Nebraska corn maybe on those tenders? Yes, and, and that's, that's, that's part of the deal. Once you get somebody involved, we're working on the next one. And if you have good relationships with them, that b- helps to build the next one. That's the deal with the USMCA. We get it done, it's going to help us build on the next ones. Now, of course, Nebraska Corn Growers Association, you have the lobbying arm. You work with policymakers as well. You, you try to always get the best information forward. What would you call on members? How can they help lobby for these trade deals? Do they need to be contacting their representatives? What would be your, what would be your suggestion there? The, the biggest thing we have to do is, and I mean, one thing that's happened today at the Ag Commodity Building here at Husker Harvest Day, there's a big poster right on the outside wall. Sign it. We're going to make sure our representatives see that for USMCA. Look how many people are signing this. They want, they want to get this through. Um, if, if you can, contact your representatives. Let them know. Let's get the USMCA, the trade and tariff, be it ethanol, whatever. We just have to keep emphasizing our point. You have to stay in front of them. You can't let up. And that's what our membership can do. Um, and, and it does help. You know, Some people will say, well, my one voice doesn't count. But you're not one voice. There's somebody else. We're strength in membership in numbers. Strength in numbers is 100% right. We've covered a lot of information. Maybe some final thoughts, closing comments for us. Anything we overlooked during the interview? Um, just uh, to keep, you know, we're looking for members. Just like I said, it, we're strength in numbers. We're working on those main issues. Um, the one thing I would want to bring up to everybody is where it's been a struggle this year already. Everybody go out, be safe this harvest. It's probably going to be long and drawn out. Just make sure you're safe. That's the biggest thing I want to emphasize. We want to see everybody here next year. Now, of course, we are at Husker Harvest Days. What is your favorite building? What's your favorite thing to do here at Husker Harvest Days? Oh, I think a lot of it is. I think for most guys, it's looking at the new technology. Every couple years, things seem to change so much. I, I think all of us would have to admit deep down, and I do, that there's a wish list we all have no matter what our age. So we're looking at new technology. Uh, my son and I are looking at some equipment, um, able to look at some different brands out here. So it's just being able to compare. And you're also meeting people that sometimes you don't see very often. A lot of great benefits coming to Husker Harvest Days. Again, we are broadcasting from the Rural Radio Network building right on Main Street. That is Dan Neerett. He is the Nebraska Corn Growing Association president from rural Dorchester. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for a check of your midday business report. Bob Brogan, stocks higher. Can we retire one day? I don't believe so, but you might, I don't know, you might be able to. We've had this discussion before. We've never really resolved it, but uh, probably I won't be able to. Well, there's always hope. Yeah. Stocks marched a little bit higher as investors snapped up tech companies following China's decision to exempt some products from a recent round of tariffs. The tech sector, which has... Much to gain or lose in the trade war moved broadly higher. Apple rose a day after announcing a new lineup of iPhones and a low-priced video streaming service to compete with Netflix. Meanwhile, under pressure from the federal government, GM is recalling more than 3.4 million big pickup trucks and SUVs in the U.S. 
fix a brake problem. U.S. wholesale prices edged up a slight one-tenth percent in August as energy prices took a big plunge, a further sign that inflation is remaining tame. The U.S. Labor Department says the gain in its producer price, in it, pr- producer price index, which measures inflation pressures before they reach the consumer, followed a modest two-tenth percent rise in July. Core inflation, which excludes food and energy, rose a stronger three-tenths percent. Meanwhile, President Donald Trump says the U.S. is missing out economically because boneheads, that's boneheads in quotes, at the Federal Reserve won't lower interest rates at his insistence. The Fed is meeting next week and is expected to trim its benchmark rate by another quarter point after cutting the rate for the first time in a decade in July. Mr. Trump has been pressuring Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to drop rates to zero. The rate currently is in a range of 2% to 2.25%. So that's the way things shape up in the business world today. Many thanks. Bob Brogan coming up. A check of news. Joining you live here from Husker Harvest Days, I am Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network, and we get to visit here with Daryl Obermeyer. He's the treasurer of the Nebraska Soybean Board, and get to talk about a couple of interesting things here today, Daryl. Um, but why don't you first start off by just telling us a little bit about uh, what you're doing here at Husker Harvest Days? Well, the Nebraska Soybean Board has a, a booth in the Commodity Building, and actually we have a little quiz for people, and then we have soybean-based products we're giving away as as prizes for people and I usually sign up to work on Wednesday morning because that's when you have all the FFA kids here and so it's just great to, to intermingle with, with the students that come by and, and visit us at our booth. I know one of the big things that you talk about at Husker Harvest Days is biodiesel and so I'm going to have you go into that just a little bit more of course we sure appreciate your support on the biodiesel front we have our biodiesel pickup that we drive but talk about some of the other things that you really like to get out and visit with producers about when it comes to biodiesel. Well, the value that's added to the soybean crop, it's about $37 an acre is the latest estimate of how much uh, the biodiesel is added uh, for the producer. Uh, Nebraska Soybean Board, before my time, is actually one of the pioneers in biodiesel. Uh, Richard Pressure, actually, I believe, is in Buffalo County, uh, was one of the originators, and along with a few people, I think, from Iowa and Missouri, and, and they developed the National uh, Biodiesel Board of which Nebraska has a representative on that board. Uh, Greg Anderson from near Newman Grove is our representative with them. And biodiesel, uh, it's just really kind of gratifying to see some of the things when we promote it. We, we're active in California. We developed with our checkoff dollars an additive that, that ties up the nitrous oxide so it, it meets the really strict air standards in California. And we're in California just really... Um, you meet some people that are really excited to have another fuel and and I, you know a fuel that comes from the soil and and as well in Cal- in, in New York City we our uh, state was active in developing the the bioheat where soybean oil is mixed with heating oil and uh, to heat the buildings heating oil isn't very EPA friendly and the biodiesel helps them meet EPA standards with heating their buildings not only in New York City but in a lot of New England where heating oil is the main product for for um, for heating the buildings there. Let's shift and talk now about soybean meal because I know there are several partnerships there when it comes to soybean meal, the poultry industry and several others maybe shine a light on that. Well, the Nebraska Soybean Board holds a seat on the Board of Directors of the uh, USA Poultry and Egg Export Council and I'm the person with the Soybean Board that holds that that position with them. 
um, you know, people familiar that w- with the Costco plant in Fremont, it's becoming much more common. In Nebraska alone, hogs are the number one user of soybean meal, but, but nationally, poultry uses, oh, I've heard numbers anywhere from 56 to over 60% of all bean meal goes into poultry production. And uh, with the exports, you know, Mexico is a, is a great market for U.S. poultry. I've recently been in South Africa. We opened up that market, opened up Morocco, uh, India to poultry, and and the South Dakota checkoff got got the U.S. poultry into New Zealand, and so it just it helps actually exporting bean meal through poultry uh, is, is what that amounts to, and it um, it just once again adds a little income to the Nebraska to the Nebraska producer. Very good. Lots of stuff happening with the Nebraska Soybean Board. It's Daryl Obermeyer. He is treasurer with the Nebraska Soybean Board from Husker Harvest Days for the Rural Radio Network. I'm Julie Peters. Grain markets gave back some of the gains from yesterday. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network as we visit with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. A little bit more of this positioning ahead of tomorrow's report. Yeah, I think we're just jostling around here. Looking at the the at-the-money straddles for tomorrow. For corn, we're looking at about... These are options that expire Friday, so they give you a good idea of maybe what the over-unders are. And I think we're nine cents around 360. So uh, if you're looking to put orders in on that kind of range, it would be 351, and then about three. We'll call it 369 on the upside. Uh, on beans, I think it's a little wider, closer to 15 cents, but still not a whole lot priced in here. Um, so you know, not certainly saying we can't be surprised, but uh, the market, in my opinion, is not pricing in a big move. Uh, I think if you get a chance to sell it above 370, I think you take that opportunity. I think at least in the short run, well, the crops there will be supported up there, but I, I got to think with nothing changing. And I'm, you know, I'd love to see the, the yields come in much lighter than they are, but I, I'm just, I've been burnt by the USDA a lot here, and I just don't think that, uh, uh, you know, they're going to give you much love outside of maybe a two or three bushel drought. We won't be too excited about anything regarding wheat tomorrow. Will it be mostly focused on corn, soybeans, carryout, and, and uh, production numbers? Yeah, we will get final wheat numbers, though, and I think given the, the big, big premiums we have uh, over KC, between KC and Chicago, it'll be interesting to see how that trades. You know, uh, we're basically down around, like, we'll call it 370. That's where the Russian offers are. French offers in, on the board, so you're, you're dealing with freight costs. The U.S. is going to be a little higher. I think we're closer to oh four four ten, obviously on the board. But um, you know, it would be interesting to see if they they do anything there in regards to global demand with prices being where they are, um, and then with the soft red wheat crop and how how that yield has come in because we've basically basically been a year now where we've been spread like this. Um, traditionally, we're thirty cents over KC over Chicago, and that's been the play really going back to like the nineties. But just this last year, or really since the harvest a year ago, we've flipped, and we've seen the the, uh, the Chicago carry the premium, and I'm just scratching my head to figure out how that's going to end. At this point, the record short in, in KC, and, the, you know, we're still kind of, I guess not long, but somewhere closer to neutral in the Chicago. You would think that would come in at some point. So I'll be watching for that, and then, uh, of course, soybeans, kind of what, what uh, how, how the price action comes in if it would be a bearish number. I do think the market will get bought. I, I just think... Even if they come in with a yield number that's somewhat disappointing, I don't think the market's going to be believing it. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to danielsagmarketing.com. For instance, 
Chicago September wheat is a dollar premium to Kansas City wheat at this time. Howdy folks, this is Rick from Divinity Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DiviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal. 